This is the Average to Savage podcast with Paul Garino. Everyone and anyone, athletes, celebs, and much more. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Average Savage podcast. Our special guest today is Jack Settleman. Jack, how's it going? It's going great. How are you doing, Paul? Doing good. I appreciate you coming on. I've been uh, checking your stuff out for a while, so I definitely wanted to get you on uh, at a good time. And I think now is a good time with, you know, NFTs just exploding, I would say. Yeah, they really are. I think it broke OpenSea this morning. You've yeah. got Looks Rare as a new platform so that we can trade in our downtime there. They're really going crazy. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, we'll get back to that in a little while, but I wanted to uh, jump into Snapback Sports. You're the founder of that. How did you get that all started? I was a senior at UT Austin. I had been running an e-commerce site, started my sophomore year with my best friend and roommate. We were printing phone cases, t-shirts with sports design, but we were advertising all through social media. And so I realized, you know, our margins were great on the phone case, but after advertising costs, we were paying these pages, they weren't excellent. So I was like, what if I just own the platform and then could advertise our stuff? So. IG was busy, Twitter was busy. So I went to Snap. We built the largest sports Snap in just under a year, rolled that into what is now a mini sports media company. But that is the origin story of Snapback Sports. Yeah, that's dope. That's funny. Yeah. So so you started on all these other platforms, but you, you picked uh, Snapchat because you were saying they didn't get back to you? No, they, Snap was just the... Um, I would say the least utilized platform and people had told me when I jumped onto snap, you know, in this little social media world, there's these 14 year olds on kick messenger and group me who run the world that you would never know about unless you participated. But they said, you know, people have tried sports on snap, but there's no audience for it. And I said, that's crazy to me. I know funny content performs better. It's a bigger audience, but like there's sports fans. I know that. And so I kind of just went through, trudged ahead, stayed stubborn, grinded. And, you know, now we've got over 800,000 subscribers on the channel. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, and then, like, yeah, did you ever think it was going to become as big as it is now? Of course not. Who would ever <laughs> think that, you know, something I started in a senior college dorm room would turn into what it's become. But it's been awesome to see the rise. And I think we've still got a lot of work to do. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Like I, I pretty much for the past, like, I don't know, maybe like year, year, year and some change. Like I've been seeing you like all over the place, pretty much with like NBA Top Shot with your, with your own company. I've seen you on like commercials and all different things. Like <laughs> how has that been for you? Just like, I mean, I feel like you blew up. Yeah, we definitely feel like we had a little moment. I credit a lot of that to my business manager, Alex Scheiman. And because of that, you know, we started an agency, Snapback Agency, which reps other digital creators. What we learned is people are excellent at content creation. That's why they amass these large followings. And then there's two next steps. One is kind of brand deals, monetization, making money, using your influence in great ways to earn the keepsake that you deserve. I think some people have solved that. They figured it out. But two is exactly what you just mentioned. It's being in the right places. It's networking with the right people. And we have those relationships in the sports world, Bleacher Report, ESPN, The Score, Barstool, Whistle, all these great companies. And so that is how we give the feel that I'm everywhere right now because we're working and we are plastering our faces in the right spot. So 
because of that, we started the agency, which has been really fun to work on and help others kind of get to the same place where we feel like we are now. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I mean, it's been awesome just to see everything. Um, and I know you're a big advocate of NBA top shot. So how did, how did you get into that? Yeah, that's like the perfect blending of COVID and the life I was living and all these things. So I went home in March from New York back home to Maryland at the beginning of COVID. I got into sports cards. Gary Vee was talking about them a little. I had a buddy who had been talking about them. And I wasn't like a huge collector growing up, but I'm a huge sports better. My first job out of school was Action Network. And so sports betting is kind of in my blood. And because of that, if you bet on a player this year, let's say you bet on, I always use this example. Last season, you bet on Josh Allen of the Bills to win the MVP, finish second, you won no money. You thought the Bills were going to have a great season. They lose in the AFC Championship. You win no money. In sports cards, if you bet on Josh Allen, you made a lot of money. And that's because these aren't zero-sum wagers. So I really like that. What I discovered, though, was you got to physically ship and handle these things. You got to take pictures, put them on eBay. And I had been in cryptocurrency. And so Top Shot comes around, and it is the perfect blend of all these factors. In fact, that I can list it from my computer. I had moved three times during COVID, so I didn't have to bring cards with me. I could just take them in my digital wallet. And it finally clicked that these digital assets have value, and it really just popped off. I dove in head first. And uh, Top Shot, it's been an incredible year. I love Top Shot. I love Dapper Labs, what they're building. Uh, it's been fun. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's been awesome to see that as well. Um, it's funny that you say just like carrying around like cards and stuff because I sold some digital hats of my own, like yeah. hats like these. And then like I had to send out some the other day, and I was like, yeah, this is this sucks. Like compared <laughs> sucks. to like I didn't have to do anything when people bought them; they just went straight to their wallet. Exactly. <laughs> so that's that's pretty funny. And um, yeah, I know you're a part owner in the FCF league. So tell me how that came about. And, um, and I know you guys won the championship, the Wild Aces last year. We did. We are the champions of the league, the inaugural season. So that came about because what Snapback Sports is built upon is the fans. And we call them the family, the Snapback fam. And so, you know, I'm always posting my opinion, hearing theirs, voicing theirs, showcasing theirs. And so we're always talking about like stupid play calls or what this team should trade for. And so when I saw the FCF, not only the tech, but the idea, the concept behind it, I was like, we have to get involved. We traded emails. We actually didn't hear from each other by accident. They sent the wrong email. They didn't get mine. It went to spam. Eventually we got in touch. It made sense. They took a shot on us. We took a chance on them. I had interviewed Austin Eckler on the pod a couple of times. So we had a relationship there. I knew it was the perfect team. And really Greg Miller and kind of funny drove us to that championship, their leadership, their excellence, their community has just been superb. So that was season one. Season two comes around. You talk about me getting into top shot. Now we got NFT teams. I'm part of the NFT project with Knights of DGEM, which has been amazing. We got a squad. So I'm shifting my ownership over to them. Uh, super pumped for that. I think the league's starting up in April for season two. They just raised 40 million bucks. Yeah. And it's awesome. I was down there in Atlanta, the championship. It's a really cool, cool league. Yeah. Now getting into Knights of DGENs, like um, you create, that's, you're the co-founder of that NFT yes. project, right? Yeah. I, so, I uh, yeah, I'm part of the founding team. Yeah. That's dope. So what, what made you want to create your own project? 
So I kind of wanted to be a part of the learning process of Web3 and what it, being part of a project entailed. I had no clue, but, you know, p- great leaders in Drew Austin and Jared Augustine, and we had a developer and we had an incredible artist and Blake and Mike and their squad. And so I kind of just fit in perfectly. It was sports, sports betting. It was a cheap entry point, 300 bucks at the time. And I was like, this is perfect for me. I can learn alongside these great people. We've hired people full time. We got the FCF team. We're super well connected. And so it's been a great experience. It's crazy to think it's been like four months because in the NFT world, people will forget about you in a week, but we've, we've held strong and it's been great. Yeah. The NFT space just been like, not, like projects are coming out like every day. Like if you don't, yeah. I don't know, dying, rising, yeah. everything, like it's, it's nuts. Like I feel like the exact same way, like, I feel like if I miss a day, it's like missing like a week or two or something. Exactly. It's, it's crazy. But yeah, even, even that too, like a lot of people are keep on contacting me like, Oh, I want to do a project. And I'm like, it's not, it's not easy. Like they think it's like, it's, you just get a million pictures and throw them up and try to sell them. Yeah. Like, I, I feel pretty passionate about that. So let me take some time to just help others understand. Yeah. I don't know if I fully understood the amount of time and energy. Jared, who's the CEO of Thuzio, and Julius, actually, they just were acquired by Triller. Like, I, he's probably going to come work full time at nights. Not that he's not already putting 20 hours a week into it. The time requirement, this is a full time business that you're building. That's why we had to hire multiple people. We may have to fundraise to, you know, we minted and we made a lot of money for the treasury from that. But like, we want to hire people. We want to market. We want to advertise. We want to you're building a business. Now, some people get lucky and they create cryptodes and because they're a funny artist and a couple, you know, NFT whales buy in, you don't need to deliver anything, but you want to be like bored apes. You got to deliver. You want to be like knights. You got to deliver. And so don't just start a project because you think you're going to make a hundred grand easy. That's not what it's like. Yeah. Yeah, no, for sure. That's why, I, I mean, it's a, that's why I don't even know how to explain it to people anymore at this point. I'm just like, like, it's not just like anything else. It's not easy, but yeah. I, I think everyone's just like seeing it. And, and like you said, it's a business. And I don't think a lot of um, people realize that like, they're not even, even people that have their own projects. Right. It's Absolutely. crazy. Um, now going into, you're also, so you got a lot of titles and a lot of different things. Going <laughs> so you're also the, the head of winning of underdog fantasy. So tell me what the hell does that mean? Yeah. So you know how Kanye West is the something of something at Adidas and, you know, we, we've got all these fun job titles. So we created that for me. We have a year long partnership with Underdog Fantasy. It's our, you know, gaming partner of choice. I think the app they've built, the product they've built, the team they've built is just so awesome. So people want to, you know, part of Snapback's mission is create an environment for the new age sports fan to feel comfortable. And one of those things is, you know, we have our opinions. So we have outlets for that. You can DM me, you can comment on Instagram, tell me I'm wrong. But if you want to actually put money behind your instincts, then you can do that too. And so underdog has been a great partner in that sense, whether it's in fantasy football, whether it's their pick them stuff where you can predict if LeBron's going to score over under 30 points. Um, and so we partnered with them, gave me a fun little title because I haven't lost in the playoffs yet. I'm three and zero in the NFL playoffs. I'll have another pick coming out probably for Saturday and Sunday. So the head of winning has been coming through big time. <laughs> I like that. 
Yeah, I don't know. I was on it and I got to use it, but now for some reason it's not allowed in Connecticut or something. I yeah, yeah. Connecticut dropped uh, their so legalities. You know, New York just legalized sports betting, but we've had pick them for a little because it's a game of fantasy sports. And so Connecticut had it. They changed their rules, which was a huge bummer when that happened. But most of the states can play, so you're gonna have to train in if you want to take the head of winnings pick. Well. <laughs> I'll just have to go over the line real quick and just make some picks. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So like, what else are you looking to forward to in uh, 2022? I saw on your Instagram, you had a list of 22 goals. So I like that, that you posted. Cause I do the, kind of the same thing every year on Twitter. And I kind yeah. of like, sometimes I forget even what I wrote and I, and sometimes I do what I wrote and I didn't even know. Yeah, no, that's definitely a thing. I was talking about the other day. I think posting on social, you know, as, for me, I'm in content. Uh, someone called me like an influencer of sorts, although I don't love that word. But my wins are celebrated, like you said, like you see me all over the place, so you know what's going on. A lot of people have no clue, like what others are doing, their friends, their family even, but definitely not colleagues. And so putting that stuff out there, being vulnerable, and sharing, I think is a really strong thing. The public pressure, even though no one really cares if you do your goals or not, but actually feeling like they do, you know, can be helpful. So I like to do that. Um, the year of 22 is about scale. It's about growth. So some of the goals we're bringing on employees, it's launching more shows on Snapchat, it's expanding, um, but have to stay true to what we want to do, not just doing stuff to make more money or have more reach for no reason. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Like even um, like you just said, just like showing people because a lot of my friends were just hitting me up because I was like posting a lot of NFT stuff and like trying to yeah. get into it. And I told them like I made money off this these certain ones or whatever. But then like one one night at like 2 a.m. I made a major mistake and I was like checking rarity tools for this one that didn't get released. And, uh, and then I thought I got a rare one and I looked at it the next day and the one number was like off. It was like a six instead of a five. And I was just mm -hmm. like, it was late. You know? Yeah. And I was yeah. like, yeah. So I posted that cause I wanted to show them that you could lose money too. I was like, yo, I just lost like a thousand dollars. Cause I, I looked at the wrong number at two. Yeah, yeah. That's a great point. <laughs> I think sharing the losses. Yeah. I mean, right now, if you go on your NFT Twitter feed, you see people who bought board apes at 300 bucks yeah. and they're worth a quarter million dollars. And it's like people, there's just as many people that sold for a thousand that didn't make 240,000 more. So it is good to be conscious of the, both the wins and the losses. Yeah, for sure. Um, what, what advice would you give to other content creators that are coming up? Oof, that's a tough question. Come sign with the agency first off. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Um, I would say I one piece of advice that I think gets lost sometimes because of the pressure of all the different platforms and all the different opportunities is I'd rather go deep, really deep on one platform before I go wide on a bunch. So people who are starting up, it could be you know a new business and they feel like they got to have Twitter content, Instagram, snap TikTok, all that stuff i would rather just hammer down you know evaluate the market see what type of content is going to work best and go deep then you can kind of drive elsewhere so for me like i started on snap and we just we were snap only for like over a year and a half then we started to drive to instagram then we started to drive to twitter but like still snapbacks twitter is five thousand people we have eight hundred thousand people on snap 
And it's not that I couldn't drive 5,000 more people, most likely, but it would take time, it would take energy. And if we're not going to sustain, I don't want to spread myself too thin. So I would say go super deep before you think about going super wide. All right. I like that. Uh, you ready for some fun questions? I am. Let's do it. All right. What are three jerseys that you want that you don't own? Ooh, that I don't own. Okay. I need an Emmanuel quickly jersey. I got sports car to him. I got top shot moment of him. I got, you know, all the fan, but I need an IQ jersey. Um, I probably could use like a retro Joe Flacco jersey. That's obviously the quarterback that I watched growing up. Um, and then the last would be like a Steph Curry jersey. Um, he's just so polarizing. He's an incredible player. And everyone loves a good SC30. All right. I like that. Um, all right. So the Super Bowl is coming up. I'm going to release this before the Super Bowl. So what are your Super Bowl picks and who would be the MVP? Okay. I said it preseason. I did have my Ravens in it. We got injured. You know, it was a <laughs> tough year. But but the team from the NFC, and they've only gotten better, and I believe in them, is the Rams. I think they got a great shot against the Bucks this weekend. I think they would have a great chance against the Packers and the Niners. So I'm rolling with the Rams. Stafford's going to win Super Bowl MVP. It's going to be the greatest mockery of the Detroit Lions franchise we've ever seen. He leaves year one, does the whole thing. And then I think the AFC Championship is really this weekend between the Bills and the Chiefs. I said Bills in my predictions. I'm starting to lean the Chiefs now. I'm not going to make that pick till probably close to game time. But for you, Paul, I'll say Rams over the Bills in the Super Bowl. All right. I like that. I, I don't know why, but I just I just can't. I don't even like Tom Brady that much, but like yeah. I, I just gotta go. I just gotta go with Tom Brady. Yeah, that's a, probably a safe like, bet. <laughs> and 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 if he wins again, like he just has to retire. Like I think he, I thought he should have just retired on top last year, just because like the, the whole. I mean, he, he balled had out, like obviously. his best. Yeah, he had like his best year <laughs> ever this year. It's nuts. So I'm if Tom plays till he's sixty, I'm cool. I'm excited. <laughs> All right. Uh, what is what is something people don't know about you? Oh, okay. Something people don't know about me, I would say the majority of people is that I have a underlying hair disease called alopecia areata. Um, it's funny because like I said, I started senior year of college. When I was in late middle school through high school and early college, I actually didn't have really any hair. I didn't have eyelashes, eyebrows. It's a hair disease like Ryan Shazier has, Charlie Villanueva, Josh Dobbs. Those are a few athletes that people might realize. But what's funny is like, because of that, I was, you know, a generally shy kid growing up. And then I hated public speaking. I just didn't even like, you know, being out and putting myself out there. Now I'm on freaking TV and doing, you know, shows and like, you couldn't tell, right. I'm not wearing a wig. Like this is, it naturally somehow grew back. It was somewhat short of a miracle. Um, so I would say that's probably the thing that most people don't know about me. Yeah, that's dope. Um, I feel you too. Just like, I don't even, I never really liked it. Uh, I guess public speaking and all this. And now I'm doing a podcast with on, on camera. Like before I, when I first started, it was just audio. Like I was just like literally calling people and things like that. Yeah. And yeah. then I think Corona kind of helped me. Cause I was just going like Instagram live pretty much like every day. Cause there was nothing to do. And, literally uh, nothing. To and do. now it's just like normal. <laughs> yeah. It's just yeah. Like, that's why it's funny too. I was talking to somebody the other day, like 
you know, 2019, like to do a video call would have been like so weird to people. Nuts. <laughs> I mean, we, we did, I want to say we did three or four interviews on our podcast before uh, COVID hit. And all four of them were just phone calls through blue jeans or whatever. No one was doing, and Zoom really helped the, all the athletes, celebrities learn how to use it. So now it's almost assumed you're doing video. You have to say if you're not yeah. going to do video. Yeah, for sure. And I forgot, forgot to ask you, I know you have a podcast too. So what about who's like some, I know you had a lot of big guests already, but who's some guests that you still want to get that you haven't got yet? Yeah. So I've never had a Raven and I've all never right. had a Nick. And those are my two favorite teams. It's insane. And so, you know, I created Snapback. I started, I brought in my co-host, which is my best friend, Abe. We've had multiple Eagles. We had Devontae Smith, who was their top draft pick. We had draft pick. We had Lane Johnson, who's their best O-lineman. Like, we have had players that he, you know, looked up to or so excited to meet. And we still never had a Raven or a Nick, which is pretty crazy. So the ultimate goal is Lamar from the Ravens, just because we call him the baby goat. That's our quarterback. Um, but overall, Chris Paul is my favorite player. And I also think he's super intelligent, you know, head of the PA and stuff. So he's really the player I would love to just chat it up with. Yeah, for sure. Like I had uh, like Nelly is my favorite artist and I got him on. Wow. And then, and then after that, I was like, yeah, I don't know if I could do any more podcasts. Like, I was like, yeah, you hit the precipice. Yeah, that's crazy. How was that like, interview? I didn't see that. Uh, it was, I mean, it was awesome. Like, I didn't fanboy out. I waited till the, I waited till the end to tell. Like, he had no idea. Like, it right. took me three years to get him. So, right, uh, but that's it was cool. cool. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, you definitely got to get a Ravens player and a Knicks player. I mean, I feel like yeah. it's inevitable. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Well, Jack, I appreciate you coming on. And uh, could you let the listeners know where they can follow you at? Yeah, at Snapback Sports on all platforms. And then I'm at Jack Settleman. Settle, man, you can find me. Love meeting new people, especially if they're listening to Paul's podcast. Then they got a pretty good look out at life. So find me there. Hit me up anytime.